Good morning and welcome everyone. I am your host Abhinav Agarwal and I am delighted today to have in this latest edition of Indic Chat uh, Ms Kavita Kane who as you all know is uh, uh, the best selling author of four books on Indian mythology and uh, where the central character is based uh, is is a woman in all of the four novels. In her own words the uh, the characters in her in in her novels are women of uh, conviction and uh, uh, she uh, her four books have been published since 2012 starting with Karn's wife in 2012 or early 2013 that was followed by Sita's sister in 2014 main cast choice in 2015 and Lanka's princess last year in 2016 all of them have been published by Rupa publishers and as i said again she believes that the women in her novels are women of conviction so with that uh, uh, quick introduction welcome once again uh, ms kavita and uh, we are delighted to have you here uh, let us begin with a short introduction tell us a li- little bit about yourself you uh, had a long successful career in journalism and uh, can you tell us a little bit about that where did you grow up what led you to writing in the first place and uh, what led you to write on this very uh, you know specialized area in writing on women from indian mythology uh, can you share with our viewers a little bit uh, about uh, all of these things okay uh, good morning a very good sunday morning uh, i think it's quite a long question but anyways i was born in mumbai my childhood was in delhi and patna and then uh, i think my parents my mother actually decided to come to pune because pune pune was always known as a city of uh, education and i think after moving around too much i think she decided to settle on one place and it was pune which was a completely random decision because we didn't have anyone in pune that time anyway my later schooling my college uh, saxon college and the university pune university uh i did my post graduation in english literature and uh, later mass uh, mass communication and i think that's how actually my two professions started as such uh, uh the literature was of course is helping greatly now and uh, i think the mass com uh, i started my career as a journalist for the past 20 years i think i retired my last job was uh, assistant editor at uh, times of india and uh, at uh, the the tabloid called pudamara i was there and then uh, i think uh, the book actually started because i think it is usually a journalist always tries to always wants to write a book and usually journalists end up writing non fiction and i just did not want to write non fiction uh, because i think i had had enough of data and figures in my journalistic career so i said okay let me try a hand at creative writing and which i had never done i didn't even have a article published in a college magazine so and that's how i think karna's wife came about and uh, it did well and i think it gave me enough courage to write the second book which was sita sister and i think there was as the cliche goes it was there was no turning back i think after, while doing sita sister i decided to sort of give up my media job and uh, become a full time author fascinating so uh, you what led you to write uh, uh, you know karna's wife uh, to begin with and uh, uh, was it success that led you to write uh, uh, sita's sister again uh, woman themed or was it something of a more of a conscious choice that you made and uh, uh, you know it's just that uh, uh, the you know success of karna's wife uh, 
basically help you reinforce that conviction that you had. Yes, yes, of course, of course, because uh, actually it's very interesting. I wanted to write on Urmila first. If she was my, Sita's sister should have been my first book. But I, when I did my research and I realized there's absolutely nothing about her besides three lines. And I think that just did not give me the courage to write a full-fledged 300-page novel on her. Uh, so I started off with Karna's wife. And as I said, it was a sort of a sleeper hit. Uh, and uh, the publishers came back to me. And I had this idea ready. And I think uh, it's seriously, Karna, the success of Karna's wife gave me that courage to Yes, deal with Urmila as an extremely minor character and to make her a female protagonist of a 300-page novel knowing absolutely nothing about her. And then I, that whole uh, system of, uh, I think that's how I, I think that's how my later also books uh, followed a certain pattern where the minor characters, I started deriving a lot of, I started fleshing them out through the big characters. And the events we sort of, the events and the situation which they came across. So where Sita's sister was concerned, yes, Urmila oh, is completely... That will come for you to play a role, but that's not the role you imagined with this one. Yeah? Uh, there's some... Okay, we'll leave uh, that now. Uh, so, uh, I don't think you require uh, to sit in... Okay, I think I have uh, muted all the lines again. So uh, I think we can continue. Yes, there was. A... Yes, uh, you were saying. Uh, yes, about uh, Urmila. Uh, so Urmila was uh, sort of essentially fleshed out, out uh, fleshed out through the character of uh, Ram, Sita, Lakshman, and I think even Janak. So. That's how the second book came about, and I think the journey started. Well-established journey. So, between uh, Urmila and uh, Kern's wife, uh, I don't think, at least if you look at the primary sources, there is not a whole lot of information available on either of these two characters. Both of them, I think, uh, you know, as you said, for Urmila, there are, there are all of three lines. I think there are probably less than three lines on Kern's wife, at least Yes. Primary Mahabharat. So, and you said you wanted to write about Urmila first, but how did you then end up writing about Kern's wife? Given that there is an, you know, equally uh, less amount of information. Yeah, because I think there were two characters. Uh, Karna's wife. Uh, when I think it was like okay, I started off badly. I had to sort of keep uh, Urmila away, and my next favorite character was Karna. And I did not want to write about Karna through his own eyes, you know, in the sense I didn't want to write a male story because they, it has been written. And I was always curious whether he had a wife, especially when you see the Vastaraya episode. And I remember uh, I used to ask my grandmother this question, you know, how did he face his wife uh, after, to, after this Vastaraya episode? So she had given a very nonchalant answer and she said, okay, I mean, he must have, he had several wives. So I think, you know, the typical answer, okay, I think the wife understood so I think that was a part of, it was, it sort of remained in me. And uh, then I did some research on Karna, Karna's wife, Vrushali was there. I was, initially I was uh, sort of contemplating on right, making her the protagonist. 
then i had to create a uruvi because i realized the brushali was sort of a huge character in marathi literature uh, thanks to shivaji savant and vipinjay and i did not want to sort of distort that image at all and uh, i said okay let me they were otherwise so let me uh, there uh, there i think it's, it's tamil folklore where uh, there's a character called ponurvi and i sort of sort of extracted some information from her and i created urvi i think that was a huge creative license i took because i wanted a i wanted karna's wife as a woman who could be of his uh, social stature or not of his social stature actually a person who could uh, sort of mingle in the royal courts sort of ask be confident enough to stand in front of a kunti or a bhishma or a duryodhan or even an arjun you know so something who was who had some sort of a political background and i think that's how uh, urvi's character came about and uh, then of course the second uh, most important issue was okay should i contemporarize it you know because mahabharata is the most common uh, it's most popularly uh, sort of translated into modern times and then i said no i think that whole charm of uh, the whole moral dilemmas of that world uh, you cannot really relate it to now so i think i kept it as that and then i wrote urvi as essentially a conscience of karna you know where we see a karna in such a like this he's a tragic classic hero uh, with his flaws but we never talk about his flaws as such and i, I think as a wife uh, she saw that flaw how she accepted them and uh, how she she becomes sort of a sutradhar of his life so she is telling karna's story karna's wife is about karna it's not about her at all but how she uh, the her role in it and how she sees her husband his fall his rise his eventual death and uh, it is uh, i think a most sensitive portrayal of him a uh, more not just as uh, duryodhan's friend or uh, arjun's uh, rival more as a family man as a brother as a son as a husband and i think i was more interested in that more more interested in relationships as such so um and then uh, as i said uh, urvi was was became highly popular and then i said okay let me write about urmila now and then i think it became sort of an unconscious pattern where i realized i started writing more about women than men though i think men are equally important in the sense they are uh, i mean karna's wife cannot be without karna or i don't think sita's sister can be what it is without lakshman so i think men yes are certainly a little back seat but yes they are there yes i completely agree uh, on on the part that uh, you know women cannot be complete without men and vice versa but uh, uh, so you kind of uh, answered part of my uh, next question which was that uh, you know how do you draw the line between uh, portraying these uh, these women as uh, strong characters and you said that you did not consciously want to contemporize those characters you wanted to have them be rooted in the era that uh, uh, you know we uh, that they lived in uh, and even for karna's wife mm-hmm. did the talk to some, you know a little bit about uh, how uh you know you looked at uh, at the marathi and tamil literature and uh, and theater uh for some of your other books like you know menka's choice and uh, and uh, uh, lanka's princess rupnakha how does a typical research process go about how much time do you take did you take for those two where did you uh, you know so how, where did you have to go to for your uh, uh, you know for doing your research 
Oh, I don't have to go anywhere. I think fortunately everything is there on the net nowadays. But uh, uh, honestly, as I said, um, the characters being small, uh, they, they, there wasn't much information about them per se. It was, uh, I had to, whether all the four characters, whether it's Menka, Uchurupana, Urvi, of course, was fictional, but or Urmila, I sort of derived them from uh, the events. Basically, the events which uh, influence their life and the people around them. So, um, research takes a lot of my time. In fact, uh, it's more of reading than writing. I mean, writing, yes. I have a certain schedule. I finish it, but research is on. It's a it's a constant thing. Even I'm when I'm writing, I sort of checking, rechecking, uh, because they are very interesting folklore, you know. And I'm somehow uh, I think the folklore sort of human humanized mythology. Uh, I think that is why they also live. mythology is still living in our society today. It's part of our culture because of you see it everywhere. I mean, through folklore and folk theater and folk music. uh they made the gods they made uh, universal issues our daily issues you now they become so i think that is how i try to i think this whole thing about example this romance between uh, subtle romance or at least suspected romance between uh, karna draupadi is a part of marathi folklore so it's not something as imagined it i think shashi kapoor did a wonderful job about it in kalyu so there is a certain sexual tension between uh, karna and draupadi which is a part of uh, marathi folklore now you know these sort of things so i while doing research i'm more interested in the these small threads even with surpanaka i think uh, this whole kamban thing of uh, making her into minakshi she is also surpanaka is not valmiki surpanaka at all it is more of you know where she is a beautiful uh, girl where she is the beautiful sister of a powerful king and her journey to life you know and uh, being a brother of such powerful brothers now there was nothing about surpanaka beside that uh, small episode where she meets uh, ram and lakshman and she gets her nose chopped off and then she goes to ravan and complain besides that there is nothing uh, at all about her now i took a created entire novel based before and after i had to do it because otherwise she she doesn't become a, it doesn't come full full circle at all so being the sister of such three powerful brothers three very very intelligent uh, and what all of them were scholars in their own right and being their sister how was it or with menka you see menka only as uh, this seductress who seduces Vish- vishwamitra has a child from him and disappears what was her life i mean so i think these uh, i mean menka was actually the most difficult character to flesh out because uh, Vishwamitra compared to her was very huge, and uh, there was nothing about Minka at all, uh, besides she being. I mean, and then I tried to delve into the entire thinking of what an apsara is. You know, like if she is a sort of a symbol of female sexual power, what lies behind that power? Is she really as sexually free uh, as she is supposed to be? So I think that whole uh, it it uh, I went on a very different. Uh, very unlike uh, urvi or urmila i think where from main converts i think the whole uh, concept started about uh, i was more interested in the grays than the whites yes so to that uh, uh, to that end then if you look at your characters you know you uh, have said that they are uh, you know women of a strong character Mm-hmm. and uh, when you etched them out from your uh, you know uh, imagination and your creativity they do come out as full fully fleshed out characters 
did you at any point to feel uh, that uh, perhaps uh, in in our uh, you know epics uh, these uh, you know apart from draupadi who is one of the characters or or maybe even you know devyani who are fleshed out as fairly strong willed independent minded uh, you know people did you feel the need that maybe uh, some of these other characters that we know less about uh, needed to be given a, a more uh, you know stronger portrayal uh personally i think uh, i think it's just not draupadi but i think all the women in uh, mythology are strong characters considering the situation they come across or the limitation they are living in uh, i mean we always think of draupadi but i think in mahabharat i think a uh, satyavati is equally powerful as you said devyani is sarmishtha uh, in her own way does it gandhari does it kunti i mean see each of the or a hidimba i mean all of them we have not exactly i mean when i see i am more interested in the minor characters because the moment the spotlight is on them it's not that the the plot changes the narrative which changes a little where you see life through their eyes and then how by from moving from a minor character to the protagonist it sort of brings about an entire different uh, perspective altogether so um, coming back to your question about uh, fleshing them out again i think uh, it would be uh, i mean all these characters of uh, strong characters strong women characters i think uh, draupadi i will definitely not handle now because i think she's done she, she's very much part of a colorful imagination and uh, so i think i try uh, women uh, all the women characters i mean you see someone as small as shabri i mean what is her role i mean when you see it that is the, i think the charming part about our mythology any character however small she is she has a role she has a role she makes she is part of progressing the plot i think uh, i think that's what uh, intrigued surparaka to me was without her the second part of ramayan doesn't happen if she had not met ram and lakshman they ram i think and ravan would have never met or the war would not have had been had so if draupadi is the one who started a war in uh, the mahabharat i think well can say surpanaka is the one who started it in the ramayan so you know they have been sort of not only be they are minor they have been slotted into stereotypes so uh, surpanaka becomes this wild woman she is this wicked sister of a wicked brother and i think this wickedness uh, i wanted to sort of unravel and there i think came out her strength or uh, i mean i'm talking about any other character you pick up any actor i mean i'll ask you you pick out any character and you you actually see them you inspect them closely and you realize yes they are worth a story they are worth a book so i think each character is worth a book so i would not say uh, vyas made draupadi his heroine but uh, that is, so yeah so exactly so the thing is the fact that there are so many i mean i think the i think our mythology we are very fortunate in the sense we have equal number of women to number to the men is not a male i mean number why numerically it is not that the males dominate the women no not at all i mean you see so many so small women character and each has a role each they are a part of they are part of the narrative however small so i, I think uh, i agree i i completely agree about uh, you know uh, the fact that women are not uh, lacking in our mythology and epic so uh I do uh, okay. What what I want to do here is, as you know, uh, but I'd like to add. I'd like to add a point here, huh. uh, if I may. Uh, when I say women are strong, yes, but I think somehow 
down the ages, I think mythology itself became a victim of patriarchy. So if you see the character, especially Sita, you know, the, I think the three immediate characters I can think of is Sita, Ahilya and Shakuntala. Their characters, or even a Gandhari, the way it's been portrayed now is very, very different from what uh, Vyasa or Valmiki had actually uh, decided on his character, on, this, on these people. Because, uh, I mean, example, let's talk about Gandhari. That blindfold means so many things. It's actually about a woman who sort of internalizes her anger towards herself. But there is anger. We immediately create the patriarchy, immediately tag that blindfold as a, a sign of self denials, you know, sacrifice and a, a certain passivity, which Gandhari was not. There was a huge anger in her, and she never let it out. And she simmered and simmered all through these years. And I think the blindfold is a symbol of that. So, or an Ahilya. I mean, you see Ahilya immediately, a sort of from that ideal woman, she suddenly becomes a promiscuous woman. She becomes the fallen woman. Her story is exactly of that. And I think the original story was not, no, she, she, it's not that she was strict or something. She made a conscious effort. She knew it was Indra, she was. So I think it was a question of a woman's choice. And if she was ready to pay the consequences for it, I think she was ready to pay for it. She was not worried about that. But she had a choice. That is very important. That she had the choice, she had the freedom to choose. And that makes, uh, I think, the women stronger in mythology and the original ones. Or even if you see uh, Shakuntala, uh, Vyasa Shakuntala never goes, she's not a damsel in distress at all. I mean, she never begs, she never goes back to Dushyant. She never begs for uh, even uh, the presence in his court. It's only when her 12-year-old son asks her, who is my father? And I think she decides uh, she, uh, he is entitled to an answer and that is the time she takes him to the, takes him to Dushyant and introduces him. So. Vyasi Shakuntala is so very different from the popular imagination we have of Shakuntala today. So that shows, that really shows that how patriarchy did blunt the women characters especially. Yes. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, if you look at uh, the, how Shakuntala is portrayed in the Mahabharat to how in Kalidas's poem Shakuntala is portrayed, there's a big change in how Valmiki's uh, Sita is when uh, uh, Ram talks about going to the uh, going into exile. To how uh, say you know Tulsi Das portrays uh, portrays uh, Sita and even uh, uh, even Gandhari. It's basically the pent up uh, you know anger and resentment that really re results in that curse that uh, destroys the entire Yadav race. So absolutely. Uh, I'm going to change tax a little bit here. And as you know, uh, my uh, two daughters got interested in uh, reading your books and they have read three of your uh, four books. They have not read Menka's Choice and uh, they have... Well, I don't know. How old are they? So uh, the younger one is uh, 10 and the elder one is 12 and a half and they... Menka's Choice is not for them. I'll give them another two, three years at least. So... Because I think that is one, that is one book. I mean, uh, seriously, that is one book where uh, I sort of digress from my usual after, especially after Sita's sister, where it was about, uh, basically about a woman's sexuality. And I think I'm not too sure a 10-year-old or a 10-year-old <laughs> girl will be able to handle it. So uh, I don't know, she might just get a little confused. So let's see. So they, uh, as, as you know, they also wrote reviews on a couple of your books and they're right here and they had a few questions and uh, 
one of the questions you have all already answered they had a question on uh, uh, whether say that you know in some books karan has two wives but urvi is not mentioned and uh, you answered that by saying that urvi was uh, more or less uh, but even this two wife thing it's very interesting uh, uh, people think uh, supriya was a second wife uh, supriya herself was a fictional character created by shivaji savan in mrutunjay so down the line i think they become see that's how my mythology sort of evolves each story is collected down the years over the for thousands of years and that's how it gets accumulated so technically he was married you don't know how many wives because even vrishali sort of very very cursorily mentioned by uh, she not even mentioned by name by by gandhari so yes there were later stories which uh, all these were added so yes yes i will definitely like to meet your daughters so uh the next question uh, was on uh, uh, sita's sister and lanka's princess and uh, i'll have uh, the uh, elder one ask you that question so anvi do you want to come here i i'm i'm, I'm going to turn this uh, around and you can uh, uh, then ask this question yes uh, is she, can you see her mm, yeah okay good go ahead anvita ask uh, Uh, so in your book sita's sister you do not mention a lot about urmila's childhood like you do about shootmakha's in lanka's princess mm-hmm. you talk about how shootmakha's childhood affected her adulthood was it the same uh, in the case of urmila no not really because uh, urmila's growth as a character is during those 14 years uh unlike asurpanaka surpanaka if you could tag her as an evil woman uh, actually wanted to show that that evil is not born evil is sort of it evolves uh with urmila it wasn't so urmila uh, basically has interest in the sisterly relationship uh, the natural born daughter and the adopted daughter and i think she had a, uh, see the very f- uh, a sense of urmila if you see just a three line mention but with the grace which she accepts uh, lakshman decision showed uh, valmiki uh, showed that valmiki wanted urmila to be an extremely mature woman and taking that line i think i sort of she essentially built uh, as a daughter of janak so uh, janak again was a very exceptional man he was a king but he was also a rishi so he was a raj rishi so uh, where uh, they used to have annual philosophical uh, conferences so being the daughter of such a man Has added a certain. She must. She and Sita have were brought up in a atmosphere which was so very different from the other 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 palaces in the other kingdom. So the childhood of her was not very important because uh, I sort of wanted to bring a contrast between Nithila uh, and Ayodhya. That was where the freedom, which uh, or the f- expression of thought, which was there in Nithila, which Sita, Sita and uh, uh, Urmila had. as compared to ayodhya and uh, i think uh, uh, urmila if you see her story is not a story of love at all with lakshman it is a story of separation and what did that separation do those 14 years of loneliness how does she use it and i think that actually defined her character unlike surpanakas where a childhood for me was important because as i said she was the sister of Uh, not just three powerful brother she was the daughter of a rishi again and uh, her mother was kekesi who was dana so being a daughter how did the three brothers grew up in a very different way how did the daughter grow up so i think the childhood was very important because 
uh, there was a thread about uh, Surpanaka where uh, I read that she actually used Ram and Lakshman to take her revenge on Ravan. Now, I did not want it to be a dramatic moment where she suddenly starts hating Ravan. So if she has a certain grouse or a certain resentment against her brother, I have to give her childhood. So I think there the childhood became important because unlike that of Urmila, because for her, the relationship between Lakshman and Urmila has no connection whatsoever with her childhood. So I hope I answered your question. I think it has. Right? <laughs> yeah, it, uh, the it next really has. Uh, question is uh, from uh, uh, the the younger one, and uh, I think uh, uh, you'll. Uh, yes, Anika, why don't you come here? And let's. Uh, uh, yes, you want to ask your question? Okay. <laughs> uh, two books, uh, Sita's sister and Lanka's princess. Hmm. include a lot of romance mm -hmm. so my question is uh, when you were writing these books did you direct them towards the elderly group or the younger generation uh, both actually because uh, the romance of uh, let's say Sita's sister is very different from the romance of uh, Lanka's princess thank god you have not read Menka's choice so the thing is uh, um, uh, Sita's sister, the romance, is actually a fairy tale romance, you know, because as I said earlier, the story of Lakshman and Urmila is not a story, it's not a love story, it's a story of loneliness and separation. Now, for that story to develop, I need some sort of a grounding, where I need some sort of a romance there. So the romance uh, had to be mentioned, some sort of a romance between Lakshman and Urmila. Unlike that of Surpanaka, where uh, she is an extremely bold and uh, assertive woman. And uh, the, there, I think, uh, uh, her entire story of Surupanaka is the story of sexual aggression. And I don't know how a young girl like you could uh, tackle that topic, but I, I read the review and I really, really liked it. But though I know that, that this was the part you were, not, you were unhappy about, but then it was a, a part of a character, it's a part of a personality. So this uh, now as you say now talking about young and old i'll tell you I'll, i think i'll let you on to a secret sita sister was the first half of sita sister was very very popular with the younger generation the second half of sita sister was liked more by the older generation minka's choice was loved by the younger generation and super uh, i think lanka's princess i think uh, it got it was sort of i think i think by that time people had accepted yes these are uh, uh, sexuality is a part uh, is a topic and uh, character trait of a woman also so i think the uh, definition and the character of uh, romance sort of changes in every book yes thank you and that was a, by the way that was a very that was a very discerning question very very i mean i'm very impressed with that well yes yeah. that was a question that preyed on their minds uh, when uh, deciding to write uh, the review also and i think uh, uh, Anika, at least, I think, for Lanka's Princess, uh, did bring that uh, part out in her review. Uh, so the uh, last set of two questions are uh, uh, on, uh, on, on you know, the both of them have, which is that, uh, uh, do you want to go ahead and ask that question, yeah, Anvi? I'll, I'll do that. Uh, with relevance to our earlier question, have you considered writing a book directed towards the younger kids? Mm, yeah, that's going to be difficult. 
Uh, I think consider, considering uh, considering that you have asked me this question now, I think I really I'll take a, I will uh, uh, think over twice before I write a book on uh, young adults because I realize uh, I don't know if I do I'll definitely I think you people will be the first ones to know but uh, but the fact the fact that you girls have read it and I have readers right till age ninety plus. that shows that there is a wide spectrum and uh, yes but for young adults i think i need to get sex out of it so definitely i mean when i'm writing books for uh, children i would definitely have not have sex and violence as topics i can do it in a more subtle way more discreet way uh, where uh, the entire writing technique also changes okay thank you uh the that's okay uh so i'll okay now coming back to the main i i have a uh so what i wanted to ask is that uh, what is the best praise you have received for your books and and conversely criticism that hurt or helped the most oh i think uh, the best praise i got was when uh, kanda's wife got compared to mrutunjay and i think that was uh, it was one of my most humbling moments um, and uh, i think yes that is one praise and of course i think you know actually when uh, i had this uh, gentleman he's 92 94 and he wrote a handwritten letter i think he had read sita uh, sister and he wrote a handwritten uh, letter and he sent it through his grandson who was passing through india he uh, he stays in delhi this gentleman and his grandson stays in canada and he had some work in pune so he passed this letter and that uh, grandson came to me and gave the letter to me and uh, that i think uh, was another very very these are the cherishing moments where you realize that you know it really moves you uh, criticism yes uh, it definitely helps because many times unconsciously you are making mistakes and you don't realize it so yes i never i never sort of i'm never arrogant about the criticism i take each of them seriously because that is the way you sort of improve yourself and if you are going to say oh i don't i don't have any scope of improvement i think that is you have reached you are you're not only being arrogant you are being smug you are reached a very sedentary level if you have to grow as an author you are of course flawed as a writer also you can't have that thing that okay i have so i love it when uh, uh my flaws are sort of uh, singled out and many times i do not i mean it happens so often on twitter that uh, send me quotes and then i realize god did i write that line so you know there are moments of okay embarrassment i sort of the cringe moment and there are moments where i said okay did i write this line so i think i i mean i sort of exist because of the readers reaction so it's a it's a extremely positive relationship whether it's criticism or praise so let's go back uh, in uh, you know uh, uh, let's go back in time and you said you have uh, uh, you know educational qualifications you have you did english literature and and you did mass communication and then you spent uh, you know more than 20 years uh, uh, in journalism as at the times of india and so on uh, both in terms of uh, the craft of writing as well as uh, the influences that it had on how you approach a story 
because obviously you know you've said uh, and it's clear that you've been influenced quite a lot by uh, you know by folk uh, lore and uh, by drama that exists today but uh, can you talk a little bit about how your stint in journalism and your uh, you know education in uh, in mass communication and literature help oh hugely because i realize uh, as a writer the technical part of it i think journalism helped me enormously uh, it starts from editing you know because uh, i remember my first book i know the wife was 130000 and uh, uh, the person said uh, the editor said okay you need to we want it in a, a lakh words you know so just for the sake of our uh, readers roughly can you tell us in when in terms of how much is 130 130000 words in terms of it definitely must be more than 300 pages because i think that's what they wanted they wanted me to sort of restrict the story in 300 pages Okay. So, um, so it was definitely more than three hundred pages, and uh, so they wanted me to cut down to thirty thousand words, and I gave it to them in a week's time, and they were sort of floored. And I said, that time I realized, yes, I am not, I am not in love with my own words. I can cut them when they, when I want them, I can remove them, which are not necessary. I can do it with a clinical cut. So, there is no unnecessary emotions involved with my language you know in the sense i'm not in love with my own language where i feel bad oh i should not cut this of course if there is information yes i sort of sort of condense it and put it but otherwise um, i think that oh, entire craft of editing journalism helped me a lot secondly even while doing research because in the end of uh, you know by the end of it you have so much of information and then sort of sieving it and then condensing it in a book that itself is a time consuming process now this sort of things is a very uh, natural thing when you are a journalist because whenever you are interviewing a person okay you are transcribing it he is going to talk for about 1 hour or 2 hour whatever transcribing and condensing it into a 500 word copy or a 800 word copy or even a 1000 word copy depends on the 1 and 1/2000 word copy that sort of discretion which you have i think uh, it is a it's a it's a technicality so i think that again uh, journalism gave me and the discipline the discipline of writing let's say five hours every day uh, that and the fourth i think is the way i approach a character uh, all my characters is not just my protagonist i think all of my characters i try to place myself in their shoes i try to think the way they would have thought and i think that happens with my i mean i don't know it's a sort of a utopian idea that journalists are supposed to be fair and sensible uh, so i try to rope in that trait where i try to give try to treat my character with the respect they deserve uh, i try if she is negative yes she is negative i do not i'm not interested in the black and white i'm interested in the gray and for the gray what are the, what is the rationale behind the gray so i think their uh, journalism helped me because being fair i think it is very very necessary for an author because the author has to be fair to all the character however small or large they are so even if i think that's what i would try to say that and i mean the mythology both vyasa and valmiki they were fair to all their characters however small they it is not the length of the character which is important the the depth of the character which is important so i think that thought about journalism idea tha ki okay Yes, being fair is a very strong uh, because when you write a story, I was a feature writer, but there is a certain bias. But seeing your bias, you have to go beyond your bias and see the person as he is. I think that uh, demands a certain uh, maturity from the writer, whether he's a journalist writer or whether he's an author. So it gives us there has to be that.
Okay. Uh, four of your books have been on women, uh, women characters, and there are there is lot in Indian mythology still to be you know that has not been tapped. If you look at you talked about Karn's wife. Uh, there is also Jedrat's wife, uh, who was actually uh, a Kaurav sister. That's uh, not been written about much. There is uh, Amba. There is Devyani. There is Sharmishtha. There is uh, so. Can there are lot. There are lot. There are lots. What there is, there is a uh, uh, Duryodhan's daughter. I mean, she is a very interesting character. Yes. So, oh yeah, lots. I mean, as I told you, each one deserves a book. If you actually. Go through what they have gone because I think uh, Mahabharata, the Kurukshetra itself was such a, and it was actually the uh, the luma of uh, the entire story. You see, Mahabharata there are three parts: the Shantanu part, uh, Satyavati part, uh, like Bishma, Devrat part. The second is the Pandu, Dhritarashtra part, and the third is the Kaurava and the Pandas, which is more popular, uh, more known. So Kurukshetra is the denouement of the entire. Um, Journey. Now, in that journey, there are thousands of women, and I think, uh, yes, I have a lot of scope. So, do you can you can you share what uh, your next book is going to be about? Any character you have identified you are already working on? Yeah, yeah, I've, uh, I'm done. I'm done with the manuscript. Uh, the book is ready. In the sense, the manuscript is ready. Uh, and. Uh, and okay, I will not. She's not from the Ramayana this time. She is from the Mahabharata, so she can be any of all these characters which you mentioned. <coughs> okay, so, fascinating. So we will look forward to when uh, you know you can share more details about it. Uh, I, but, so I give it a month. It will be out in December. So I think next month I will start uh, talking about it. That's it. All of us at Indie Club and even otherwise, I think we'll look for are going to look forward to that announcement next month. Uh, so before I turn it over to uh, our viewers, and there are a couple of questions that have come in through the chat, I wanted to ask you how's been the publishing experience? Uh, how how difficult was it to get a publisher to 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 you know uh, and that a mainstream publisher to publish these books? Did your uh, did your stint in journalism help uh, you, uh, you know, figure out how best to, to navigate the world of publishing, or can you talk uh, about that part? No, actually, no. Journalism did not help me at all. In fact, I just did. Uh, I started working it the other way around. I went to bookshops and asked them who are the best publishers. Yes. Yeah, because I wanted to know because I, I was not really interested in having big the name. I wanted the book to be available, to be seen, you know, the visibility. How many times do you see a book at a bookshop? The book which you want, you know. So I, I remember going to, and I'm not. I was not talking about crossword. Uh, I'm talking about small bookshop, and uh, I wanted to know the distributorship of uh, each uh, publisher. So, anyways, by that time, I think this was the later thing. Uh, I had finished. Uh, like now, I had finished the manuscript. Uh, randomly, I sent the first three chapters to all the leading publishers of the country. Uh, most of them responded yes or no, whatever. So I've never had. Uh, a publisher giving a snub and not replying at all. But whether it was a negative or a positive, they did answer. Eventually, it sort of boiled down to four publishers. And I think Rupa gave me the best deal. And I went ahead with it. And uh, actually, I never thought I'd write, a, after Karnazwai, I would write another book. I think I th always thought I would write, would be sort of, I'd write one book and that's about it. And uh, as I said, uh, 
it did well and it gave me confidence and the publishers came back they wanted another book so that's how the journey started and then the third and then the fourth you know that's how it happened so and then i sort of disciplined myself that okay i'll write one book every year uh, because by the by sita when i started sita sister i had given up my job so it was a full time i was a full time writer so i had a lot of time in my hands and you know it was a more i could write at a more leisurely pace and uh, the publishers yes i i have no question of going because all the four books are there but the next one is with westland anyway okay so westland uh, okay fantastic so first uh, of all you know thank you again uh, kavita for uh, you know answering in detail all of these questions i'll uh, read out uh, uh-huh. this question that is coming from the group chat and uh, then i'm going to unmute everyone's line so people can ask questions uh, this one has come from a, a reader named otter and i'm going to read that question out and uh, if he can uh, ask uh, uh, you know rephrase it if needed so the question is do you think a lot of fiction might need up reinterpreting the indian mythos is there a higher purpose to sharing the indian instruments and characters so i'm going to unmute everyone uh, or i'll let's see if i can uh, unmute uh, uh, otter so uh, otter you are unmuted and you, if you want to clarify your question please go ahead yeah uh, abhinav this is sangram here i don't know why uh, you know it came up as otter <laughs> so i i really wanted to know you know uh, there are some um authors who are writing about the indian uh, mythological characters and uh, they have got into trouble uh, in certain quarters um, so there seems to be a uh, you know societal uh, boundary uh, and to play within that and uh, of course i wanted to know the author's motivation in uh, you know what i'm calling as a instrument because these stories are an instrument to uh, you know or a platform uh so just wanted to know um, you know how she you know in her uh, research how does she uh, kind of remain within those uh, quarters right yeah okay i agree with you i completely agree with you because when you write on mythology it's not a original script so there is a huge onus of responsibility an author has to have when he is taking characters which are not originally his so i think that is a huge uh, sort of a conscious idea at the back of my mind when i sort of i have a storyline but yes i'm sort of uh, revisiting uh, the entire story through my eyes through my perspective and i think that is why that is the charm of mythology i mean i only i gave an example of uh, the fact about vyasa shakuntala and kalidasa shakuntala i mean kalidasa shakuntala is so she is entirely different from what vyasa thought but he had the creativity he had the liberty to do that and i think the i think the shakuntala which we know of is uh, kalidasa shakuntala we do how many of us do know of vyasa shakuntala so that shows uh, how mythology and literature are an intricate part and they are always going to be there i mean whether it is mythology or music mythology or any art form so uh, you derive a lot of stories from mythology and whether he is any artist i think when he is dealing with any mythological story has to do it with a certain level of maturity uh, and and i am let me talk about myself because since my characters are small characters because i try, you know i try to put a spotlight on them and they sort of give them a voice and 
because uh, what i try to do is when i am i'm sort of uh, playing with fiction and facts i try to make the character as believable as she can be whether it's in fact honestly i found uh, uh, in sita sister creating urimila was easier than sort of uh, redefining lakshman because lakshman is uh, you see him either as uh, ram's brother or the beautiful brother in law you never ever see him as a husband as a friend as a lover i mean his uh, entire sexual identity is completely sublimated so i had to do that with a lot of uh, delicacy uh, and i think i seriously believe that i know that india is a country of so 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 many people i have no right to hurt their sentiments i seriously believe in that because uh, mythology forget i mean it's just uh, sex sacred scriptures are part of it or whatever i'm not talking about the religious part of it at all what i'm trying to say even as when i am <clears throat> sort of uh, i do not want to corrupt the original that is what i want to say i do not want to distort it i do not want to corrupt it i try i'm just trying to show what it could have been i think there the fiction part comes and i try to make her <clears throat> there is a certain logic behind why i made her a big character from a manner to i made her into a protagonist and whether it's a main cow whether it's a surpanaka in surpanaka i was not trying to say that from a <clears throat> sinner i made her a saint no not at all if you read lanka's princess i am not justifying her at all it is about i'm just trying to know her story so right. uh, let me answer for myself so hmm. i think i try to do that yeah so so kavita i mean uh, there is definitely a utility in you know but what uh, the recent uh, past you know if we look at bahubali or you know uh, stories that are that have got commercial success um, at least to the viewer uh, there is no uh, correlation with any mythological character so is there is there no, still but utility? i think I, if you are talking about bahubali honestly Hmm. when i saw it there was nothing wrong with it i mean it reminded me of a chanda mama story have you read the red chanda mama i mean these are the stories see you have a right over mythology you are that is what i mean if you see literature vernacular literature what is it the backbone of um, vernacular literature is mythology it's only because we are uh, like uh, now it's coming in the commercial field that's why i think it's uh, the whole thing or we are writing in english the whole thing is getting very it's coming to the urban crowd but i think uh, uh, it's always been there so bahubali i don't know there was anything wrong with it no there's nothing wrong so I, i what i'm really trying to bring to the front is uh, is there uh, utility in uh, you know using all these characters reusing them or you know building fiction around them or create completely create new characters uh, just like you know i gave you one yeah, example yeah but when you no no yeah okay give me so bahubali was just a you know uh, an example where uh, you know it was completely created brand new and uh, sculpted to some extent so you know whereas it doesn't have any lineage back to mythology but still it has found commercial success so mm-hmm. so you seem to in your writings um, you know f- want to keep that lineage versus you know creating completely net new and uh, that's your distinct style so are you asking me should i should i go the bahubali way and create my own mythology yeah no, i'm i'm trying to understand <laughs> the uh, so that's where my question was so is there something in the instrument um, 
you know or the platform that indian mythological characters provide there is some utility that you see in them uh, some potential which is latent uh compared to yeah yeah of course that's what i i said i told you i they have always been there whether it's not only literature it's always been there. in rd yeah it's been there so now since we are writing in english is like okay we are saying okay hora but you see it's not only in india you see all over the world this whole entire craze for historical fiction or if you see something like game of thrones what was it it was not just a amalgamation of different histories of europe it was also amalgamation of different mythologies of europe it had the norse it had the celtic so i think that is what i think the reader actually wants uh, where our mythology is concerned i definitely think there's a huge vacuum because i grew up on amar chitrakatha and i think that person needs to be given a national award for keeping mythology uh, alive for generations together and dr pai so that initial interest i mean i was reading a tintin and i was reading uh, mandrake and phantom also so it was a very global thing that okay while i was sort of reading an amachitrakatha and i was reading rc but the fact is that the interest was developed i knew who ram was who dashrath was who kaikai was which today generation i am quite sure do not know and i think this huge vacuum which is being created Uh, about uh, the, the ignorance which is there, and I think that is uh, what all the mythology, uh, mythological writers are trying to fill in, because there is a huge uh, scope, uh, both ways. I mean, the writer has an entire canvas to write about because I think right. mythology. Actually, now I'm just I just want to expand. Mythology is always being adapted because I think after a point, it is not supposed to make you judge. It's supposed to make you think. You know, you don't take a mythology story literally. they are layers of it and every time you peel that layer uh, you realize what mythology is about so same thing about characters i mean each character if you see you revisit duryodhan every time you realize okay he has a different uh, perspective each time so if someone writes about a duryodhan or a ravana or a ram or even a small character like let's say a vidur yes why not right yeah so my last question uh, uh, to kavita is uh, does she have plans to uh, you know take this to uh, you know express this in other forms other than a book like you know a movie or something uh, like virtual you know which is which is like a 3d movie or something no no if someone take the onus please i am not interested in i am just happy writing my books if someone wants to adapt it into a movie well and good see any interest uh, from any uh, uh, quarters that you have received now or uh, oh yeah talks are there but okay okay yeah That's thanks great. thank you thanks uh, thanks uh, sangram so uh, you all the others who are on the chat you can uh, on the zoom webinar you can unmute your line and you can ask kavita a question so uh, please go ahead going once going twice going thrice so ms kavita thank you once again for this wonderful uh, session and i think we learned a lot about not only the craft of writing but also some of uh, your inspirations and and your thoughts uh hello there again and uh for everyone else we are going to this is being recorded so uh this will be put up on uh, on different channels on social media facebook uh, uh and so on and uh uh we'll publish those links once they are made available 
thank you all for dialing in joining in and have a good rest of your sunday thank you thank you very much for making my sunday so special thank you mr kavita again have a good day bye